Let me ask you the question, should I trust the Bible? We're going to talk about that thought. Should I trust the Bible? Look at, let's go right to the Psalms 119.86. It says this, all your commands are what? Come on now, you can say it a lot clearer and louder with that. Let's say it together. All your commands are? Trustworthy. You can trust the word of the Lord. But let's be honest today. If you are a skeptic, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and someone tells you you can trust the Lord or like trust the word based off of what? Well, the Bible says you can trust the word. And so if you're a skeptic, you're gonna say, so the thing I should trust is telling me I should trust it. And I understand that maybe you think, well, how can I trust it then if it's what you're basing it on is that God says I can trust it in his word, but that, that would be like me saying, we never met, but you can trust my word. I'm a man of my honor. I'm a man of my word. And you can say, I, I want to believe you, but it takes time. It takes time for me to see if you're a man of your word. It takes time for me to see you're a man of your honor. And so I understand those questions. And today, Allow me to put on a different hat today. It's going to be more of a teaching mode where I give you a lot of information. All of our science and math and history buffs, you're going to like today's message, okay? Right down your alley. I'm going to talk to you, though, today, and I want you to understand that the Bible is under attack, and you've got to build your, your life on the foundation of a trustworthiness in the Word of God. You've got to believe that who you listen to matters in your life. Where do you get your information? How do you base your information? Are you basing it off of what Tom said? Are you basing it off of what Sue said? Are you basing it off of what they said? Are you basing it off a podcast? Are you basing it off a book you read? Where are you getting your information? That matters. Your foundation matters because only one foundation will remain when the storms come and they will come and it has happened over the centuries. Storms have come in people's lives and knocked over science. It's knocked over theology. But the only thing that remains true is that God's word has lasted the test of time. Every word in here has stood the test of time. And today you can say that with confidence. Maybe you don't know how to explain it. Today, I'm going to give you some tools to help you explain why you can trust the Bible, why it's valid in your life. And if you're talking to skeptics or you're talking to people who say, that book is outdated, that book is not true, that was just a bunch of stories, I'm going to give you exactly what you need today to use in conversation to help you build your faith and to also challenge the faith of others who may be skeptics in your life. When you let ungodly people dominate your information, you're gonna have ungodly results. That's why you gotta have the foundation of what am I putting in? So we're gonna ask this question, can we really trust the Bible? Look at this statement, trusting the Bible requires faith, but it does not require blind faith. Trusting the Bible requires faith, but Today, I'm gonna to prove to you it doesn't require blind faith because there's a lot of facts that back up everything in this word has been true, is true, and will be true. You're gonna see it today. Now, before we get started, 
I want to give you some foundation of my research. <clears throat> I want you to see some things for those who maybe you want to look at some of these books yourself. Maybe you want to order these on Amazon or wherever you get books. Uh, just some suggestions. You don't have time to write all those down, but take your phone out. Take a picture of those resources. I want to give them to you right there on the side screens. Uh, some great, great, for the, if you want to jump in and say, how do I answer uh, skeptics? You can see there. It's a great, when critics ask by Norman Geiser, I really like these. Uh, I love the ones by Lee Strobel, The Case for Christ, one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, Lee Strobel was a, a reporter, journalist, award-winning editor of the Chicago Tribune. His wife received Jesus and became a Christian. She invited him. He said, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in the God Bible. That's a bunch of nonsense things people had made up. And so she kept telling him. So he decided he was going to, he was out to improve through journalism, reporting and investigation. He was out to prove that the Bible was not real, that it couldn't be trusted. And after over a year of studying facts and artifacts and details and history, he pointed it all together and he says, there was no other conclusion for me to come to as an atheist other than the Bible is real, God is real, Jesus really came, and something really happened significant, and I'm going to trust the Lord. And he gave his life to the Lord. And he writes it from the case of Christ. I've read this book, and I've given it to many people who have been skeptics, and I can tell you, everyone who's read this book has been, has been changed, and it's really solidified uh, their faith. So the case for Christ, but least trouble, really good. All the ones there, Sean and Josh McDowell, love, love those authors. These, these are all great resources for you to dive in if you want to get in a little bit deeper on how the Bible came to be and how you can trust it. If you're going to trust the Bible, you can trust it because the Bible is, number one, historically accurate. The Bible is historically accurate. Historical documents are given three tests, three tests that are given to historical documents to say, are they valid or are they not valid? Can we trust them? Can we not trust them? And here, here's the three tests given to historical documents. Number one, was it written from eyewitnesses? Did eyewitness accounts write this? Number two, was it recorded and copied with extreme care? And number three, does it have archaeological confirmation? These are three tests they give to all historical documents before they can become valid, get into our history books, and be something that they back. They must be able to confirm these three things. The Bible is full of eyewitness testimony. If you don't know that, this is not just one author from the Lord. Of course, he had many authors, and they all give first-hand accounts of many stories of God doing miraculous things in people's lives. These are stories given by eyewitness accounts. The Moses was at the Red Sea. We see where Joshua did see, and the children of Israel did see the walls come down. We see where the disciples were there with Jesus when he did all these miraculous miracles and signs. Peter was there when Jesus walked on the water. John was there when Jesus was crucified. The Gospels, all four of the Gospels were written by four different people from four different viewpoints, their eyewitness testimony. The Bible is full of eyewitness testimony of not just one person, but multiple, multiple people writing what they experience, what they see. And they were written over a span of 1,500 years. And when you put them together, 
You see eyewitness accounts that back each other up, that cross-reference each other, and they validate that this really did happen, that people really saw this, and they could not dispute it. Was the Bible recorded and copied with extreme care? It's so important. You can trust how the word of the Lord, the original manuscripts were translated. You can trust it because the Jewish scribes in those days took very serious how they copied and translated the Bible. And so what they did was this. They would, they, of course, before they had copy machines and printing press, everything had to be copied down by hand. And they would write one page to another page. And then they had multiple people proofing these pages. And even if one letter was out of place or missing, they would scratch that whole sheet and start over again. Because they were so meticulous in passing it on correctly that they made sure that there was not even one letter out of place when they copied manuscripts. And they were given over, they were, they were given extreme care. They were guarded with extreme care. They were copied with extreme care to enrich the history, to, to make sure that it couldn't be embellished. They were proofread to make sure no one was adding their version of the story to the original text. And that's where our mind goes. Well, someone probably added to this story. They heard this story and they saw this story and then they copied it and then they copied it. And when they copied it and they copied it, it kind of got embellished. Kind of like some of you ladies when you tell a story. Ah, uh, come on, you know I'm playing. You tell one friend, tell another friend. By the time it gets to 10 other friends, not that it would ever spread that far, but how many of the story gets changed? You can have confidence in the word of the Lord that it remains very solid, that it was translated with detail and protection to make sure that didn't happen. And one of the reasons we know this to be true, how many of you ever heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls? You ever heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls? Up until 1947, the oldest copy of the Old Testament writings we had were found 900 years after Jesus had died. And so for years, all we had was the original text that we could find where 900 years after Jesus had died. But in 1947, copies of the Dead Sea Scrolls were there, and in there were many of the Old Testament writings. And they, this took place, they found out these copies were 100 years, they were copied 100 years before Jesus was ever born. So you're talking about a thousand year span between the latest version they had to the newest ones they found. And when they compared them, there was not one thing missing. There was not one thing different. You would think over a thousand years, something would have got embellished. Something would have got changed. But as they compared them, they found out that they were documented and copied with extreme care and protection. They were the very same documents that had been documented a thousand years earlier. That should build your faith. Does it have archaeological confirmation? <clears throat> is there archaeological confirmation? And yes, the Bible is full of archaeological confirmation that backs up and lets you know that the stories in the Bible, you find those same places in scriptures. You find some of the same things that validate where this happened. It did happen. For example, there, 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 there are thousands of archaeological confirmations in the Bible. I don't have time to list all of them, but yes, there was, we found the theater of Athens talked about in Scripture. There was the Pool of Siloam found about in Scripture. There's Herod's Temple that has been found. The Book of Acts in the upper room has been found. 
We see this time and time again where the Bible is confirming itself and is seeing that confirmation has happened. I love that famous doctor and historians have said quotes like these when it comes to trusting the archaeological findings of Scripture. Look at this uh, today. Dr. Nelson Gluick, who was on the cover of Time magazine, Look what he had to say about this. It may be stated categorically that no archaeological discovery has ever controverted a biblical reference. But on the other hand, scores of archaeological findings have been made which confirm in clear outline or exact detail historical statements in the Bible. There's never been one archaeological find that contradicted something in the Bible. Not one. Do you know how mathematically impossible that seems to be? But they have not been able to find one archaeological thing and their findings that contradicted anything in the Bible. But the reverse is true. Multiple things have been found to confirm that the Bible was true. Look at this next quote here. Dr. William Albright. He uses words here I like to use all the time. Maybe you do too. Sarcasm. There can be no doubt that archaeology has confirmed the substantial historicity of Old Testament tradition. There have been over 25,000 archaeological discoveries that substantiate the validity of scriptures. They validate scriptures. Over 25,000 discoveries have validated scripture. Listen, these guys could not say this because this is what they do for a living. This is where their reputation is on the line. Museums around the world validate things based off of their word, their findings, and they, they say it's true. So when these guys say this, they are putting their life's work on the line. Look at this last one here by Dr. Scott Stripling. After 150 years of archaeology in Israel, hundreds of connections between material culture and biblical texts have been established. At this point, it takes more faith to believe the Bible is not true than to believe it is true. Do you get that? It takes more faith to say, I don't believe the Bible is true because of the facts given over history, the finds they found. It takes more faith to believe it's not true than it is true. That's why when I talk to somebody and say, well, I'm an atheist, and I go, man, you're a person of great faith. And they look at me like I'm crazy. And I go, man, you got a lot of faith. I believe it takes a lot more faith to believe all this was made up with all the facts that say it's true. I believe it takes more faith to believe two cells collided, atoms collided out of the atmosphere, and all this order just fell into place than to believe something was a creator who spoke and created things into order. It takes a lot more faith to believe that. And that's what he's getting. These doctors are saying, who spent their whole life studying this, they're saying this has got to be true. The evidence is pointing that the things the Bible talked about are confirmation. We see this time and time again. Historians who spend their life studying this say it is true. The Bible knows, can I say the Bible knows our history better than we do? 
It's true. For, for an example, the Bible talks about the Hittite nation in Scripture. Well, for decades and years and years, they argued there is no Hittite nation. So the Bible must not be true. Because if they got that wrong, what else did they mess up on? So for years, people argued that the, because the Hittite nation was not there, therefore the Bible must not be true. But in 1900, Hugo Winkler discovered the capital of the Hittite nation. And it became widely believed that, wow, the Bible knew about this long before anybody else. It was not found in any other history books, but the Bible had record of a distinct people who once lived, and it was accurate when they found the evidence of them. We use, listen, we use faith to believe that God's word is true, but it's not blind faith. There is evidence all around us that have been speaking for hundreds and thousands of years that this word is true. It's the genius of a creator who would give us a book and then prophesy things ahead so that we would know we can trust what he said. Things that were said about the earth, things that were said about things that would happen in time were all predicted so that it would validate the authenticity of the scripture so that you and I can put our faith, not blindly, but we can say, God, everything you spoke has happened. And that means everything that hasn't happened yet will happen that you said in your word. Where's your faith at today? See, science is important. Listen, you can trust the Bible because it's historically accurate, but also because it's scientifically accurate. Science backs up the Bible. Science backs up the Word. Listen, anybody can publish a book. Anybody can buy a $100 microphone and start their own podcast. Nowadays, anybody can seem like an expert, right? But just because someone publishes a book or starts a podcast trying to deconstruct the Bible doesn't mean it's true doesn't mean it's true. And every one of their arguments, if they sit down with somebody who understands and studied out, can be proven wrong. And they can be proven time and time again that you can trust the word of the Lord. It's there. What are you putting your, your information into? All this false information coming to you. Well, this, I listened to a podcast. Come on now. I read a book. Who, who published that book? I don't know. I mean, do they, do they, can they back it up? They can't, they can't, they can't. Because if they sit down with somebody who can, it's always the opposite happens. The Bible is always proven true. And let me tell you something very clearly, know this. The Bible and science do match up. The Bible and science do match up. There's proof of it everywhere. It, science is constantly changing. Isn't it so true? Remember, they used to tell us, science told us when I was a kid in the 70s, you need four food groups. Now you'll find anybody who says, that's not good for you to eat some banana over there. You need, you need to stay away from all that bread. You know, you're eating way too many carbs. There's too much of that gluten stuff. All right, all right. The science has changed over the years. The Bible has never changed. If you fully trust in science, so I trust in science, well, then you don't know what you trust in because science will change. 
Science is there for us, science is good, but you can't put all your faith in science because science changes. Science tell their medical students, listen, be ready because everything you're learning right now, by the time you graduate, a lot of it will have changed. Are you kidding me? It's true. You know what hasn't changed? The word of the Lord. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It has stood the test of time. It doesn't change. Science changes every 20 years, science is changing. For thousands, here's an example, for thousands of years, scientists believed the earth was flat. Thousands of years, they believed the earth was flat. It wasn't until the 1500s that Galileo and Columbus and Magellan started to say, you know what? I, we think the earth might be round. It's not flat. It's the 1500s. Well, could I tell you if they would just went back 2,700 years earlier and read Isaiah 40, 22, this is what the Bible says, 2,700 years earlier, God sits above the, God sits above the circle of the earth. That word circle is the same word it translates to be get the word spear from the globe. How did the, how did the Bible know that the earth is like a globe? There's no way they could have had that knowledge. It's like the one who created the earth said, this is how the earth is formed and shaped. There was inside information given from the creator to those who gave it to us. It was proven there. Only an author could have known that. I mean, compare it to how the Greeks, look how the Greeks believed. They believed the earth was held up. They believed Atlas, the god of Atlas, was holding him up with his big arms. He held up the earth. Hindus believed that the elf, a great elephant, and a big sea turtle, and the serpent, all three, held up the earth. That's what keeps the earth suspended. For years, they believed this and taught this. Even the Egyptians, some of our most advanced architects in the history of time, they believed that there was five pillars, five giant pillars somewhere holding up the earth and suspending it. I mean, for thousands of years, people believed this. They saw this and they believed it. But they could have just went back 2,900 years earlier and read one of the oldest books in the Bible, Job 26, 7. God stretches the northern sky over empty space and what? Suspends the earth on nothing. How, how, this is one of the oldest books in the Bible. How that information, there was nowhere near any kind of science that would have gave anybody any kind of leaning toward that data. That had to come from God. That information came from God that the earth was round and God suspends it over nothing. Today, we know that to be true. Science changes. Only the author knows the true story. For years, science said, we couldn't count the, we, we, we can count the stars. Look what it says here, Hippocrates in, in 150 BC, he said, I've counted the stars. There's, science says there's 100, I mean, 850 stars. 850 stars. Everybody's like, yeah, 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 woo! We've counted the stars. We know this. And they were teaching it to the children. There's 850 stars. 
Fast forward 300 years later, Ptolemy said in 150 AD, no, 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 there's not 850, there's 1,022 stars. A thousand, everybody's like, oh yeah, 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 we're so smart, we are so smart. Science is so smart. They've counted over 1,022 stars, yes, yes. Of course, we know today, the presently, this is what they tell us, scientists tell us present day, there's approximately, uh, the word approximately, 200 billion trillion stars, but they say we can't count all of them. That's what science says today. Well, they could have went all the way back to 600 BC, and Jeremiah wrote it like this in Jeremiah 33, 22. And the stars of the sky cannot be counted. How did he know that? How did, he know that? How did he know that? There had to be somebody who was giving him that information. There had to be something that God was saying. I'm telling you time and time again, we see where science is trying to catch up to what God's word has already spoken thousands of years, hundreds of years later. It's still trying to catch up because science changes, but God's word is always the same. It remains the same. You can put your faith in it. It's been proven time and time again. God knew, and he's put it in there as evidence that we can read with confidence. So the Bible is historically accurate, it's scientifically accurate, and it's also prophetically accurate. It, the Bible prophesies so many things that would happen in the future, and so many of these things have already happened and we see them unfolding. There's no way they could have knew some of the things that were prophesied about. There's no way they could have known they were going to happen, and they happened. I mean, there were 300 prophecies given about Jesus alone. 300 about Jesus. The Bible made it very clear over 300 things, like Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. He would have to escape to Egypt. He'd have to, he'd ride in back into town in Jerusalem on a young donkey. A thousand years before Jesus lived, it was, it was prophesied that the Messiah would die through crucifixion. Time out. A thousand years before Jesus lived, crucifixion was not even invented yet. They have never used crucifixion, but the Bible prophesied that Jesus would die by crucifixion before crucifixion was ever used or even thought of. I'm telling you, the Bible, you can trust it. A group of researchers got together, a hundred of the most talented researchers got together, put their minds together, and tried to establish the probability of all these prophecies coming true in the Bible. Are they coincidence? Are they happening by accident? How, how is this happening? And they said just on the 300 prophecies about Jesus alone, just take those 300 alone. If one person fulfilled eight of those, just eight of the 300, the probability this happened is one in a thousand quadrillion. How many have used that number recently? One in a thousand quadrillion. That's the same odds if you were 30, flying 30,000 feet above the ocean and you threw your wedding ring out the window and then after the plane landed, you got a boat and on the first try, you threw your fishing line out there with a hook and you were able to hook that ring on the first, first try. 
That's the same odds you have of eight of those happening of the 300 by one person. They said the odds of 48 of those happening are the same person. 48 of those 300 happening, I would have to use all three screens behind me just to put enough zeros to make it legible for the odds of 48 of the 300. And they said when it came to all 300 being fulfilled, and they were, the odds of all 300 being fulfilled by one person, the number is so great, we can't even calculate the odds of that happening. I'm telling you, there is confirmation that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the Son of God. The Bible predicted it, and it has come true. If you let your mind doubt, your mind can doubt. Well, Pastor, how, how can I believe? I mean, how can a man? I read the story about Jonah in the well. How can a man live and stay alive in the belly of a well for three days? You're right. That's, that's, a, bit, that's a well of a tale, right? No pun intended. I get it. I don't understand how a man can survive three days in the belly of a well. I don't understand how a man can survive being left overnight in a lion's den, but it happened. I can't understand how three Hebrew children are walking around in a fiery furnace and not dying when the soldiers who threw them in died from the heat alone, and these three young men are walking around free, unharmed, not even a singe of hair in the fiery furnace. I don't understand that either, but let me tell you, the Bible is not about human understanding. The Bible is this, that all things are possible with God. The Bible is about all things are possible with God. It's beyond our comprehension that God's power goes beyond our power. He's proving to us and fulfilling prophecy all the time. And I want you to know that the prophecies that have been foretold that have not happened, things are lining up now that those things can happen very soon and very fast. And when it was prophesied that he will come back, he will return. Make sure you're ready. It's a promise. But there is a move to deconstruct the word of God. Now, you gotta understand that. There is a move to take it the value away to deconstruct the word. If I get to choose what I want in this word, I can choose what is right and what's outdated. I can choose what I like or what I don't. If I get to do that, then I become God and I take him off the throne, and I put myself on the throne. See, it's my job to submit, God, your word is trustworthy. God, your word has been proven valid time and time again. I will put my trust in the word of the Lord. In 1861, the French Academy of Science published a book, 51 Scientific Facts, Why the Bible is False. Can I tell you right now, all 51 of those facts have been proven to be false. They've all proven that the Bible is true on all 51 counts. They said, I'm telling you, you can trust the Lord. And the last thing today, the Bible historically accurate, scientifically accurate, and prophetically accurate. And the reason why you can trust the Bible is this, that Jesus trusted the Bible. We see through scripture where Jesus taught from the Bible, he quoted the Bible, he, he brought his disciples through the scripture, Matthew 5, 18. 
Look what he says. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter. We talked about how it was copied. Not even the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. You can have faith that the word of God is true. Today as we get ready to close, I saw a video last week that really grieved my heart. It was a video of a church that all the church Bibles were being disappeared. This church had Bibles out in the sanctuary. This church had Bibles in the foyer, in the coffee shop for people to read when they wanted to come in and read. And some of the elders said, what has happened to all of our Bibles? And so they went and bought some more Bibles and put them out and they disappear. They're like, who's stealing all the Bibles? So they set up a hidden camera to find out who was stealing the Bibles. And the person who was stealing the Bibles was the pastor. True story. Because the pastor didn't want anybody to read anything in here that disagrees with their lifestyle. And so he was afraid of this book offending people. So he began to hide the Bible. This is, this is a church. And what I want you to get is this. We've got to value the word of the Lord. Listen, you've got to make a choice for you and your family. Do I believe that the Bible is the whole word of the Lord? I can't pick and choose. I've got to believe I'm going to stand on the word of the Lord. There's so much evidence that states I can trust in the word of God. Jesus put his trust in the word of God. And so you're going to have to put your trust because if you don't value it, your children will run away from it. Your children will never read it. Your children will never quote it. They'll never live, give their life for it. Mark my words, hear me, church. If it doesn't happen in my lifetime, my children will see this day. Our children will see the day that the Bible is listed as hate speech and become outlawed here in America. Mark my word, it will happen. If they can get all of our kids doubting if they're a man or a woman, they can take this out of their mind as well and take us out of the school. They've already done that. And they're already saying this is what's going on. That They are trying to strip our kids from their identity so they can reshape them into the way they think they need to be. So you're going to have to make a stand and say, as for me and my house, we're going to value the Lord. They may not sell it, but I got plenty of copies in my house, and I'm going to keep it hid in my heart. I'm going to hang on to it, and we're going to read it, and we're going to value it. They may have to kick my door down to come looking for my house, looking for the word, but I'm not going to give it up because I love it so much. I'm telling you, you got to make sure you set in your heart a way to value in the word of God. It will become hate speech, and it will become outlaw. It's already pushes for that to happen. It's easy stream to us, and we don't even understand it. But when the churches are already saying, well, we can hide the Bible. Listen, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. So you got to know what you believe. And for those reasons, 
maybe you know this already, but I want to make it very, very, very adamant and very clear where we stand at Destiny Church. And we'll stand. As long as I'm the pastor here, this is where we'll stand. At Destiny Church, we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that Jesus is the living Word. And we believe that the whole Bible is true. And on this belief, we will stand. If you believe that as well, stand up and say, I believe that. Come on, let's say this together. Let's say it out loud together. At Destiny Church, we believe, let me hear you, that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that Jesus is the living Word and that the whole Bible is true. And on this belief, we will stand. Do you believe that? Come on now, say if you believe it. <laughs>